don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, it looked like it was going to be a strong start to the month of December here, the final month of the year, before our markets took a pretty deep dive today uh, in the second half of trading, really earlier this morning as well, to finish at the lows of the day for all of our major indexes. Uh, we were really looking for a strong smart money hour today to signal to us that the coast was clear. That would have been a big tell. That's not what we got today. We got a weak smart money hour, like I said, finishing at the lows of the day today. Not what you want to see. This, when you get a market that opens strong and finish weak, that's not typically a bullish sign in the short term. However, I will say here before I get too deep into the podcast, folks, we may remain extremely bullish here on this market. And as something that Kip has talked about a lot as well, a lot of the old school indicators, it's tough to tell how reliable they are in this environment. Never before has there been a market with this much liquidity in the system. We're talking about $35 trillion in fiscal and monetary policy stimulus over the last 20 months or so now. That's globally. Uh, that has never before been seen. So how our markets will react to that, how prices will react to that, as we've seen with inflation, more people who have money chasing after the same amount of goods, prices continue to rise. We continue to believe that will remain the same story here for stocks. And regardless of how you feel, if you're getting a little fearful about this sell-off, just know that now is the time to be invested in assets, We're talking about hard assets like real estate, precious metals, and then of course stocks and cryptocurrencies to hedge against this inflation that we're going to continue to see. Uh, a big part of this, and to dive right into it, is this new, new Omicron variant that has a lot of people freaked out right now and could be looking at even more stimulus on the way for our market with that in mind. So it doesn't seem like the inflation fears are going to abate anytime soon here. But again, the biggest fear here has been the Omicron variant. And what is surprising, well, maybe not surprising, right? After what we've seen over the last 20 months, the mainstream media took this narrative and ran with it. Despite the very doctor who supposedly discovered this variant, Dr. and I, I'm probably butchering her name, so apologies for that, Dr. Angelica, it's a weird spelling. I don't know. Dr. Angelica Coetzee uh, from South Africa. She said herself that nothing about this variant warrants the extreme action like we've already seen from governments. As a matter of fact, she was very disappointed that she was the one who discovered it. In some ways, her own government it applauded her for it and you know thanked her for it and sees it in the same way that, you know, hey, let's not overreact to this. But once the news spread to Europe, once the news spread to our, our our mainstream media here, they took it and ran with it. That's exactly what we've seen since day one here. And we've seen now this coordinated response from European countries, from the United States, almost exactly like what we saw in 2020. Countries moving in lockstep, implementing these authoritarian measures 
to allegedly slow the spread. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a repeat of what we've seen in This has really been years in the making, folks. I wasn't going to get too deep into this today, but Wayne Allen Root was just co-hosting InfoWars for Alex Jones today for the last hour. Uh, before that was a phenomenal interview with Dr. Zelenko. If you've heard of the Zelenko Protocol, in which he's treated thousands of patients for coronavirus that had very minimal, very few deaths, and the ones who did die had comorbidities as well. But Wayne went on covering all of these same topics, talking about how this is the new world order's plan for the future. And if you haven't read, like I said earlier, lockstep, if you haven't read the 2010 Rockefeller piece titled Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development, specifically the chapter about lockstep, the scenario for lockstep. They presented four scenarios for how the world would react to different crises, one of them being a pandemic, uh, you know, it's one of those things that they always leave hints. They put it out there. It's almost like they have to. They have to tell you what's coming before it actually happens so they can say, you know, it, it was out there. But if you've read it, the lockstep chapter, countries across the world moving in lockstep to fight a virus is exactly like what we're seeing here. Uh, and we read it in the early days of March of last year during the initial lockdown, 14 days to slow the spread, which admittedly, we, we missed part of that from the beginning. Go back to February. We talked about how this wasn't going to be a big deal. It was going to be like the Ebola scare where people were scared, but nothing ever came of it. That's how we saw it. That's what we thought was going to happen. That's not what happened. Obviously, here we are 20 months later still talking about it. Uh, but we like to come back to that theme every time that something new, like when the Delta variant came out, now this new variant, uh, this is their plan. So if you haven't read that yet, this is the plan from the New World Order uh, to, and I won't get into what their end game is exactly. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, there's a whole lot of people who have done a lot more research. I'm not talking about conspiracy theorists here. As Kip said on his podcast last week, as has been proven over the last 20 months. Conspiracy theorists have been proven to be realist. Conspiracy realists. These are the things that are really happening in the world, and we're seeing it here again. Travel bans. This was the big fear today that Team Biden, and it's already happened in Europe, travel bans from South Africa. A seven-day quarantine here in the United States for anyone returning to the United States, vaccinated or unvaccinated. And of course, if that doesn't apply to people like politicians, they won't need a quarantine. High-profile business individuals, you're fine. Just, just go. You're great. Uh, just that is how they want us separated from them. You know, they see us. We're the great unwashed, uh, the, the the scourge of the earth, if you will. Uh, that's that's what we are to them. And you know, we have to look at it objectively here and honestly looking at it this way you can do nothing but laugh at it because it's just it is almost humorous at this point that they're still trying to get this bias so much of the population continues to fall for it when clearly just 18 20 months ago trump was called a racist for implementing these same exact policies right the same thing we saw with the vaccine democrats i would die before i took that vaccine Kamala Harris saying she would never trust 
the Trump vaccine. Now you have the same people, the same exact people, implementing mandates to get this vaccine, almost as if they've forgotten it. And if you if you haven't seen that, that complete 180 that they've done, it's because the mainstream media has completely memory hold this. You have to go to other websites, not even really on YouTube anymore, to see those videos of people like Kamala, Joe Biden himself, Pete Buttigieg, all saying that they would, Cory Booker, I'm pretty sure, said it as well, that they would never take this. The mainstream media has absolutely memory hold this entire thing. So, whole point of the story here, this is not about a new variant, it's not really about Omicron, it's about control. It's about authoritarian control by our permanent ruling class, as we've been calling it here, and hopefully later we'll be calling it the not-so-permanent ruling class. Uh, but until we decide that coronavirus insanity is over, until we the people decide we've had enough, they're going to see how far they can continue to push us. And as we've seen from our interview with Dr. Gavin Yamey, they don't want this to end. This has been the best thing that's ever happened to them. Think about Dr. Fauci. Best thing that's ever happened to him in his entire life. He never wants this to end. The authoritarians never want this to end. Like I said, people who feel like they have a right to control your way of life, it's been the best thing that's ever happened to them. So, until we stand up together they're going to continue to do this, which is why we talk about it so much here on the podcast. We are financial minded. That's what we do. We are finance guys. We love to do research on the markets, but this is such a pressing topic that we feel like we need to cover it here and really hopefully encourage you at home to go do the same thing. Talk to your families about this. Talk to your friends about this. See what they think. Get their feedback. I'd imagine that a lot of them actually feel the same way that you do. You'd be surprised. Really, we talk about this with people all the time. And really, the main reason why we talk about this so much is because they want us isolated and alone and afraid, right? So by talking about it out in the open, we take that away from them. They want to, just like with January 6th they and, and what they're doing with teachers now, they want to turn us into domestic terrorists. We're not going to allow that to happen. We have to have the conversation, uh, you know, check in on your family, check in on your friends, make sure they're doing all right, and that we're all in this together. Not all in this together in terms of preventing coronavirus, we're all in this together in preventing authoritarianism from coming to our country, which is really, at this point, thank God for the Second Amendment, uh, or else we'd be looking like Australia right now. Uh, so, that being said, let's see what the market is telling us about this action, which is another reason why we love what we do so much, because you can learn so much from the market's reaction to news like this, right? When it was Delta, when the market just kept taking off, uh, you know, all right, maybe this won't be as bad on a day like today where you get a major market sell-off on fears, maybe. That's, that's the headline story, right? But then you see the stay-at-home names, the so-called stay-at-home names, the Zooms, the Peloton, the Netflixes of the world, well, they're all selling off too. So you'd think that there would be some flight to safety somewhere. So if this was really about Omicron, you'd see the stay-at-home names rallying as well. That's just not what we're seeing. These are the type of insights that we like to get from the market. Uh, so with that being said as well, 
we're looking at a few different signs from the markets right now to look at when the coast is clear. So looking at the markets, as I mentioned, it looked like it was going to be a good day out of the gates yesterday or today. And despite yesterday's selling pressure, check this out. I found this really interesting uh, earlier today. Retail investors yesterday bought a record, a single day record, $2.2 billion in stocks. That, that's a record. On a, on a big down day, after the down days like we've seen, it just shows that the retail crowd is still buying the dip here. Good to see that confidence from retail investors, maybe even better than to see it from retail investors than institutional investors. And so, on that note, with what we've seen now, with our markets, uh, you know, five, six are the small caps, 10% away from their recent all-time highs, that is correction territory, we remain extremely bullish over the long term here folks and for so many reasons like i said that unprecedented amount of stimulus that we have in the system right now almost makes it impossible for a sustained move lower and this move lower has been really quick so like i said we remain extremely bullish long term but with today's action it makes it really tough to say that the coast is clear just yet uh, again especially when you see a strong open that finishes weak this is not what you want to see. You want to see a lower open that finishes strong. That's not what we got today. All four of our major indexes finished negative. We were led lower, if you want to call it that, by the small caps. Russell 2000 down 2.34% 2 to 2,147. As I mentioned, into correction territory now, at least on IWM, which is the small cap ETF. Next up was the NASDAQ down 1.83% to 15,254. Next up was the Dow Jones down 1.34% to 34,022. And we did finish today, important to point this out, below the 200-day moving average for the Dow Jones for the first time since October of last year, which at that point, it tagged the 200-day moving average almost perfectly and took a rocket ship move higher from there I haven't seen the 200 day moving average since then uh, so based off of that we still see a rising 200 day moving average that is a bullish sign here as well and i will point out we are now at extreme oversold readings for all of our major indexes especially the small caps, they're at extreme oversold on steroids here on all of our VRA momentum oscillators. So just like we talked about a month ago, we were at extreme overbought readings for our markets. That's a, a VRA sign. If you have positions, we want to go ahead and take profits, just like on the downside here. If we were short, we'd want to take profits as well. And that maybe the move is a little bit overdone and we're, we're due for a move back to the upside. So important readings there uh, and then lastly the S&P 500 down at 1.18% to 4513 so also today the VIX up 14 roughly 14 and a half percent now to a 31 that's the highest level for the VIX since March of this year and just like I pointed out with the 200 day moving average just like I pointed out at being extreme oversold here what has the market done since March of this year when we had that panic, right? That panic due to interest rates being on the rise, the 10-year hitting a whopping 1.7, 1.74, I believe, was the peak. Uh, nothing, uh, it's a blip on the radar long-term as far as rates go. 
extremely low number, but the market panicked about it. So the VIX topped out at a 31 then. And then also in January of last year was the other time that we saw this VIX at that elevated of a level. If you had bought just the major indexes with the when the VIX was peaking at those levels, folks, you'd be up well over 20% on the year, talking about at least for the NASDAQ, that's what I was looking at here. And so even with the recent sell-off, even with the NASDAQ being down 5% from its recent highs, you'd still be up 20% on the year. So when there's blood in the streets, when people are fearful, that's when you want to be buying. When everything's looking good, that's when you want to be taking profits. So we think that We've approached and maybe are at a major buying opportunity here. A little, like I said, a little too soon to say we're out of the woods. So if you want to play it safe, wait for a little bit of a move to the upside. You probably won't miss a huge portion of that. But once we get going, it's going to be back off to the races. That's how we see it here. Uh, and we want to continue to be positioned that way here as well. Looking at our internals on the day, another factor here that says just not quite out of the woods yet, short term. Again, I can't emphasize enough how bullish we are over the long term because I'm not trying to scare anybody away here um, from this market because we remain just so extremely bullish. But looking at our internals over the short term, not what you want to see. Uh, advancing stocks, losing out to declining stocks across the board here uh, on the NYSE, just under two to one negative. Let's take a final look. Sometimes, ooh. Yeah, okay, actually just over two to one negative, really about two and a half to one negative for the NYSE, and right at about three to one negative for the NASDAQ on the day. New 52 week highs to lows, also coming in week today, but this is a lagging indicator. Even this morning, the internals were positive, going early in the session when our major indexes were positive as well. But new 52 week highs to lows, lagging indicator we're still negative this morning even with the markets up so not a whole lot of new information there but we did see a fewer number of stocks hitting 52-week lows today than we did yesterday for the nasdaq yesterday was the highest level of 52-week lows that we've seen since march of 2020. Uh, we've hit, had a few of those days now so looking to get a little bit overdone there so negative for both the NYC and the NASDAQ. NASDAQ finishing with 571 stocks hitting 52-week lows. Uh, it was 628 yesterday. So a little bit better there. And then finally, volume. Coming in negative here as well, and the refresh is not any better. Roughly four to one negative on the NYSE. And if I ran those numbers right now, that's probably a 90% downside volume day. Old school technicians would tell you that back-to-back uh, 90% down days on volume, and I might be misquoting that, is usually a sign of a short-term bottom, uh, but I'll have to go back and run those numbers. If you want to come and join us for two free weeks at VRAinsider.com, we write about these every day. Kip wrote about it this morning. We'll write about it again tomorrow morning and exactly what that number was and how that usually plays out. And then for the NASDAQ coming in just over 2 to 1 negative as well on volume. So that is what we're watching closely here. These internals, we want to see the improvement here. Looked like we were going to get it earlier this morning before we got the sell-off uh, into the close again. All of our major indexes finishing at the lows of the day. Next up, our sectors on the day. This was actually looking pretty good going into the close in the last hour. Going into the last hour, you know, we had a good amount of sectors uh, still positive. 
in the last 30 minutes, there were three to four sectors that were still positive. We finished with just one sector higher on the day today. That was utilities really up fractionally higher on the day, nothing major there. Uh, but then looking at our laggards on the day, we were led lower by communication services down about 2%, also below its 200 day moving average, continuing further below that level today. Next up was consumer discretionary, industrials also getting back below its 200 day moving average. But like we've seen for the last 20 months now, once we dip below that 200 day moving average, it has really served as a support for so many of our sectors. We tag that 200 day moving average and it's back off to the races. Like I said, both of those as well, extreme oversold on steroids or, or at least approaching extreme oversold on steroids on our VRA momentum oscillators. So that's usually the sign of a short term bottom there. Uh, and then lastly, uh, real estate and then tech which was an interesting one as well. The semis were up big today, also finishing at the lows of the day, down just about three-tenths of 1%, so at least leading tech in that regard. If you see semis leading the way lower on tech, that would be a very bearish sign from us here. Uh, but again, the bright spot here is that we are at extreme oversold levels now. We've gotten back to that point, so we'd like to see a reversal from there. Finally for today, our VRA Commodity Watch really an interesting day. There was no real flight to safety here like we typically see. Uh, just doing a quick look, I want to take a, another look at some of our flight to safety trades and really nothing going on there. Uh, so interesting day. It was really throw the baby out with the bathwater type of day. Gold up slightly, so maybe a little bit of a flight to safety there, but gold's been beaten up pretty bad. Uh, still below $1,800 an ounce, up 0.32% to $1,782 an ounce. Silver down pretty big, two and a half percent, just under two and a half percent to $22.25 an ounce. Copper down as well on the day by 1.39% to $4.22 a pound. And oil on the Omicron variant, you know, just like we saw in March of last year, oil tanks, right, on the idea of lockdown, the idea of less travel. Saw one analysis today, and I was actually trying to find it just before the podcast, but was on a little bit of a time crunch. So he's saying we're going to be using something like 7 million less barrels of oil a day globally, which that's what they use as their price to, to bring down their price target. Folks, we just don't see that happening. I mean, it's, there always is that chance that, that governments try to implement lockdowns again, but hopefully here in the U.S. we won't accept that. But oil hitting its lowest level since August of this year to date, now down 1.45% to $65.22 a barrel. And lastly for today, Bitcoin. Couldn't rally either. Now down 0.47%, so not a big day for Bitcoin. That's not really a big move for Bitcoin to 56,846. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can find us as well for video on Rumble, on YouTube, but go check it out on Rumble. Uh, and then also, uh, VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. You can sign up there to receive them every day at the market close in your inbox. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.